0: It's Wednesday, August 10. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you if you were just tuning in. And uh, the big news yesterday was Ricky Stewart handed a one-match ban and a $25,000 fine for calling Jamin Semon a weak gutted dog so he can return to the club, Ricky, next Wednesday morning there at uh, Canberra. Isaiah Papali'i, well, the City Morning Herald say that he may request a release from his Tigers contract to head back to New Zealand, his partner lives there so it just seems like he's doing whatever he can to not go to the Tigers next year, teams are out for this weekend we've got four weeks left before the finals and Penrith and Melbourne tomorrow night, Billy Army Kickhouse back on an extended bench but good return from a hip injury, there's no James Fisher-Harris of course for Penrith who's suspended Cameron Munster's back at 5 after his cameo there at fullback after the injury to Jerome Hughes, uh, the other day Cooper Johns joins him in the halves Hughes has that shoulder injury. Nick Medi and Justin Olin back in the side. No Felice Kafusi for the Storm. Sadly, lost his father in uh, recent days. In boxing, Paul Gallon set to fight Justin Hodges and Ben Hennant in one night. Thursday, September 15, Nissan Arena in Brisbane. Big news at the Swans yesterday. Josh Kennedy, what a player he has been. He's set to retire at the end of the season. Still has to recover from yet another hamstring injury. Hopefully gets a run should the Swans go deep into the finals. And, uh, well, we've got Phil Moss in the chair this morning with Clarkey coming back next Monday. And we've also got the bloke who was in that chair yesterday, back in the studio, the great Dean
1: Bulldog, Richie. How are you, boy? Morning, Mido, Mossy, LD. Good morning, mate. Dean, how are you? We're all good. Yeah, busy day yesterday with the Ricky decision being finalised. Did we all agree? One and One week and twenty five thousand was enough. And make sure we remember that the twenty five is a personal fine. Andrew Abdo made that very clear yesterday. Generally Mm. a fine would go back to the club, but this is for Ricky to pay out of his own kick.
2: Yeah. And Mossy made a good point earlier. It might be a good thing for Rick just to have that one week away from the game. Just to refresh himself. And Mossy was talking about how the mental strain gets on coaches and you've been there, you know a lot of coaches that have been there and, yeah, your thoughts on, you know, sometimes when you're saying things like this on that platform, it might be an indication that you need to... Yeah,
3: I was just saying earlier, Bulldog, like it's a comment like that speaks to, you know, deeper issues um, around mental fatigue and the the strain and the pressure of of coaching at the top level and Ricky's done, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is 20th season. Um, that that's a that's a long long innings. Um, so to come out with comments like that, I, I just I looked at it at the at the time and thought he's he's under some serious strain here. The pressure he probably puts on himself, Loz, you know him better than better than anyone. Um, I've met him a couple of times, and he's an intense sort of guy in in the professional. Um, sense. I've never had a beer and a, a barbecue with him, but um, yeah, I just, I just sense those comments speak to having having a week away from the game just to clear your head. I've just been to Bali for eleven days, and I know how I feel now compared to when I when I left. And uh, you know, my my job that I have in the day is fairly high pressure. Um, I feel like a different person myself, so I can only imagine what a week off might do for for Ricky. Get on the golf course, worry about the the little white ball instead of the the Stedden for a for
1: a week. Yeah, they certainly did rub him out. There was no uh, grey areas yesterday when Andrew Abdo held his press conference. He can't go to the game. He can't train. He can't contact players physically or remotely. He can't send messages to the coaching staff. He can't have any involvement in the preparation. And I did note, too, that because the presser was at 4 o'clock yesterday and it's a one-week ban, it means he will not be allowed back until 4 p.m. Tuesday. So that would also snowball into next week now. Because 4 o'clock Tuesday is when the team is announced for the following week against Newcastle. So Ricky, technically, will not have any involvement in the side that is picked for round 23 either. Do you think he should have been suspended for a week? I thought what they could have done, Los, was suspend him for this week, suspend him for the game, and let him come back on Monday, which would then allow him to start preparing his side for the Knights. Get into recovery, get into video, and then have that ability to help pick the side. I think they got it right. Look, there's a lot of debate on social media. Ricky polarises. We discussed it yesterday. You know, most people will be anti-Ricky rather than pro-Ricky. He gets that. He understands it. But uh, I, I think they got it right. There was a suggestion it was going to be two. I think there were some meetings internally inside the NRL, and in the end they came out with one. It's a kick in the in the backside for Sticky. He knows it. He's told me he's embarrassed, and uh, I don't think you will see it happen again, but we don't want Ricky Stewart to lose his passion guys we We love that about That's Ricky so true. we love him on the sidelines jumping up and down. we love those press conferences they must watch we all love Ricky's press conferences because we know there's a chance he's going to get snaky, he's going to get aggro he's going to have a laugh, whatever it may be. There's a myriad of emotions, but we love that about Ricky Stewart, and as much as this decision is right, I just hope that we don't lose the Ricky Stewart that we, we do love in terms of passion and, and and the way he embraces the game.
0: Naturally, Penrith players rallying hard around Jamin Semmon and the the Panthers issued a statement supporting the NRL's actions there as well yesterday. And I guess you wonder on a personal front whether the matter will be taken further. Uh, but uh, the Penrith players certainly will say that Semmon was you know pretty rattled after the comments on the weekend and uh, they're doing their best to protect him because, as we know, the sewer that is social media won't be helping his case in as far as moving forward as well.
1: Yeah, I spoke to some people in and around Penrith over the last day or two and they did concede that when he was young, he was a bit of a a scallywag and he got up to some behaviour that wasn't acceptable. Uh, But those that know him now claim that he is a changed man. <clears throat> he's he's matured and he he's done a bit of growing up. Uh, as you say, Mido, in terms of welfare, the pampers are, are gathering around him. I did speak to his manager too, uh, Sam A. two days ago, and he said to me that he would advise Jamin Salmon not to go down the legal avenue, if that's what he's considering. I hope some lawyer doesn't wave a figure in front of his face and under his nose, and he thinks it's an easy way to make some coin, because... A court case can get ugly. Both sides get dragged into it. The background of both get dragged into it. It could go on for 18 months, and the loser, whoever that may be, could be up for a lot of money. So I think we all agree that it would be better if the incident is sort of dead and buried now. Jamin's looked after. The Panthers gather around him. Ricky does his suspension, and then we can move on from this ugly mess.
0: Uh, the Roosters have just put out a statement. Sam Verrills will be departing the club at the end of this season. And he's going to take up a two-year opportunity with the Gold Coast Titans, which I'm sure is not one bit of a surprise, really, considering Brandon Smith's
1: going to that club. Yeah, absolutely. Smith will be their starting dummy half, you'd imagine. Mm. Was. I can't see another position that you'd pay top dollar to put him uh, in. You wouldn't want him on 14, even though he is a great 14. But Ferrell's is a good player. He, mm. He's a loss. Yeah, well, he's only he's a loss.
2: <clears throat> he's only young and he's won a competition. Um, I think he was the first try scorer in that grand final too against the Raiders. But he gives great service. He's a really good pickup for the Gold Coast Titans. I mean, they needed to fix their spine and they've done that now, starting to do that now with a bit of experience in Kieran Foran going there. You get a guy that's coming into the best, well, he should be coming into the best period of his career. You know, he's only still early 20s in Sam Verrill. He's won a competition He'll play finals football again this year, so you get an experienced player. Um, So they've bought nicely the the Titans, Uh, but Brendan Smith, yeah,
1: he'll he'll be the hooker there for the for the Roosters. And is he a good fit Is he a good fit for the Roosters? Will he will he fit in to that structured, disciplined Roosters outfit, which is renowned for being so well behaved and so disciplined? I I hope he does, because. Well, you could like argue. Ricky, we don't you could argue, well,
2: argue that if you are talking culture, that Melbourne's culture has been better than the Roosters. True, you know, and and they have been the leaders for the last twenty years. Well, he's found that, some and trouble so, down so, there. So uh, that's what I mean. So, so he's found trouble down there. There's no reason why he mightn't find trouble up here, but you could say that about anyone, mm. you know. But a different environment and different stages of his career. You know, he's what now twenty six. I think so he's starting to be, you know, we talk about evolving as a person. I think we all agree that as young blokes, we all do silly things and you mature as you get older. So if you're going to take a punt on a guy like Brendan Smith, you're getting him at the right time and you'd be prepared to take that, that punt on him. He's a wonderful player and he's a scallywag and he does some things that not everyone agrees with. Um, but you'd think if he's going to the Roosters at this particular stage of his footy career, it, it will be a good pick-up for him.
0: Uh, Calum Ponga. Now, he wasn't named in the fullback jersey for Newcastle against Brisbane on Saturday night, Bulldog. So when can we expect to see him back this season?
1: Yeah, it's the $64,000 question up there in the Hunter middow. I think you'll find he will be ruled out for the season. Uh the Knights are waiting on a medical report. As we understand it, uh, he'll be advised, or he has been advised to miss four to six weeks because of those ongoing concussions. It would mean he would be available for the final round game against Cronulla on September 4. But given the Knights can't make the finals, there's one game to go. is it worth the risk to put him back out there? Uh, I you know, personally, with no medical background, would say, look, go away, take a holiday, get yourself ready for next season.
2: Well, I, I want to run this by you then, Bulldog, because I've heard him talk about how he wants to go to the World Cup. And I'll throw Tom Troboevich into this conversation as well. They, they're both missing more than likely for the rest of the year. We know that Tom was ruled out early this season, won't play for Manly, and with Newcastle not playing finals, you'd think that Newcastle aren't going to pick him for one game after suffering those head knocks. Um, in terms of World Cup selection,
1: do you think they'll be available to play for Australia? It's a great question, Laws, because if the player deems himself available, does the coach pick him? I would imagine that both coaches would, Michael Maguire and Mal Meninga. If Tom <coughs> excuse me, rings Mal and says, my rehab's complete, I haven't played, but I am available. If you want to pick me, I'll go to England. But is that a complete rehab, though? Uh well, if he's medically ticked off, he was going to be back week one or two of the finals, Mossy. So say Manly don't make it, and it's looking more likely that they won't make it. But if by week one or two he is physically ready, and the doctors have said you are fine to go, what do you do? Do you pick him? Well, I know. I spoke I... to some members of the Kangaroo coaching staff, and they said mm. if he says he's available, we're picking him. Yeah. Yeah, oh, look, I know it's a different
3: code altogether, but I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking of Arnie with Tommy Rogic, for instance, for the World Cup with the Socceroos. If, if you know, if Tommy hasn't played any game, I know there was a different set of circumstances there, pulling out of the last qualifiers. But if he rings Arnie, you know, just before the squad has to be announced and says, "I'm right to go. I haven't played, but I've been training and I'm, I'm fully fit training wise." Do you take him to a World Cup? I know it's a different code. Um, I understand that. Um, but it's a tough one I'll ask Ooh. you,
1: Los, if you were the kangaroo's coach and Tom Dvorovic rang you and said, "Laurie, I'm available, would you take him oh you know what well, it's a hard
2: one because he hasn't played a lot of footy mm. he hasn't played a lot of football and coming off a serious shoulder injury where he's had six months off um i i'd i'd have I'd have some concerns. There's six games. You wouldn't play all six, clearly. No, no. But I'd have some concerns, I would, about taking
0: a guy away. You're picking Um, Kalen Ponga, though, aren't you? Sorry? You're picking Kalen Ponga if he's available, aren't you? Well, it's the same situation. same situation. What we saw, Kalen Ponga, was he man of the match in Origin 3? Turbo hasn't played, what, since April? Michael McGuire
2: would have to take Kalen Ponga. This, situa- this, this is the situation, though. You, you're the club. You talk about Latrell Mitchell at the start of the year. All right. So you've got Latrell going away and not playing for New South Wales because he'd had long-term hamstring injury. So you've got a guy that you could worry about his long-term health with concussions. And then you've got a guy coming off the back of a shoulder reconstruction. I, I don't know how the clubs would feel. Mm. about their player, you know, going to a World
1: Cup after missing a fair chunk of the NRL season. I said Michael Maguire. Clearly, I meant Mal Meninga taking him. I I spoke to Des Hasler about Tom, and it was a private conversation, so I won't go into details, but he was extremely reluctant to allow Tom to tour, given what Tom has gone through this year. Mm. And in terms of Manly, who pay him the million bucks a year... They want him to have a pre season and an off season where he's rested and is ready in round one to come back and go yeah. wham bam, yeah, thank that's you, that's man. That's what I
2: mean. If you go over there on those heavier surfaces, you know, rain and it, it, you know, you're playing against minnows to start with, I, I, I would be suggesting that they would miss mm. it to get themselves right for the full season rather than risking it. And then putting your whole
1: career in jeopardy. I said to Des Laws, and Des doesn't listen to me, he never has, he never will, <laughs> and rightly so. I said, Des, I know you're thinking about Manly, but do you take into account the kid's desire to play in a World Cup? Do you take into account his desire to do some travelling, to enjoy life, to enjoy his career as a football hmm. player? But I think you sit to- down with the player and sit down with Tom and say, mate, that's fine. But
2: these are the risks. Mm. And and I know you can get injured in any game, but you're more susceptible after a you know a serious injury. And he's had hamstring problems, he's had shoulder problems. Um and again, if, if I'm mal, I'm wanting him there. I'm I'm wanting him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, you but but you, right s- s- you certainly was. want him there if he's fit and in the right frame of mind. But if I'm a club, I'm sort of thinking the other way, going, well. No, we've invested in you heavily here. We're paying you a lot, a lot of money. We've invested in you long-term. You could set us back mm. five, ten years if you go over there and re-injure your shoulder and your mm. career's done. That, that's it, why
3: I asked the question. Mm. Sorry, you know, that's why I asked Bulldog the question. Is it rehab complete if he hasn't played a game going into a World Cup camp? Like, for me, to have your rehab ticked off and complete, you've played at least a few club games before you get mm. selected for your national team. For a World Cup, we're talking about the, the pinnacle of the
1: sport. Mm. Fair Med- Medically, I think you can be um, declared fit, but you're right, Mossy. Mm. The unofficial pub test would be getting through a couple of games. Yeah. <laughs> what did Des say when you put that to him just out of interest? Oh, it's a family show. I won't say it. <laughs> 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 I, look, I get Des's point. Yeah. I do. I really, I understand Des 100%. Yeah. But I also get Tommy wanting to... Enjoy life as a 25-year-old. Yeah, exactly go, right. go to a World Cup and enjoy the advantages and the benefits of being a rugby league player. I, I, I we get don't get a lot of travel in our game. Mm. Not, no, it's not like football, no, Mossy, yeah. where they travel the world. We don't get that. No, as long as it's all explained to him, that you're
2: at more risk, obviously, early in your campaign of redoing it. Mm. Um, and, and same with Caelan. I mean, you know, we, we, we're hearing more, more about head knocks and concussions, and he's had a few... I don't know, if if I'm him, I'm, I'm probably not wanting to risk the fact that I could go over there, play one game, get another head knock, and then there's some serious discussions mm. taking place about your long-term future. Mm.
0: Bulldog, the Sharky's rolling this season, but another player not named again this weekend who has been... Available more than he has in a long time, you'd have to say, over the course of his career, has been Matt Moylan. So, uh, what's going on? He's battling a quad injury and not named again.
1: Yeah, he certainly is. He's been a great nick this year, hasn't he? Mm. He's been in terrific form and I think he's got an extension down there. But yes, know he has that quad. He will be rested from Saturday's match against the West Tigers out there at Tamworth. Uh, Braden Trindle would be his replacement there. More than, of course, it uh, was a later mission against the Dragons. Last week. So a little bit of a setback, but certainly he's been in terrific form this year. Probably going back six, seven years, Laurie, to when he was a star at Penrith.
2: I know you get all the mail from Newcastle, and they had a good victory last weekend against the Tigers. David Clemmer. Not, Klemmer, I'm been not named exactly in sweet at uh, Newcastle. <laughs> I'm winding you up, Dean.
1: Go on, keep winding. <laughs> that goes straight over your head there. Yeah, a little bit.
2: Oh, you didn't bite either. I was waiting for the dog to bite. As in. The Kaelin Ponger
1: <laughs> Yes. Keep going. David Clement picked? <laughs> yes. Will that upset the apple cart? I don't think so. Loz, I wouldn't imagine. He's a quality player. Mm. He's tough. He's been there before. No. Uh, and it. I'm not meaning the playing group. I mean, you know. Well, there's obviously the drama with Hayden Knowles right, yeah. you're referring to. Peter Parr stepped in, the new Newcastle football manager. He claims it's sorted. He claims it's harmonious again. Not sure it's always that simple. I don't think one meeting at times can just fix people who have been butting heads personality-wise for three, four years. But there's obviously an uneasy truce. But for the good of the club, for the good of Adam O'Brien's future, they've got to pull their heads in and learn to somehow get along, even if it's a lot of tension in the air still. Johnny from Moorbank on
0: the text line. Bulldog, any news on whether Luke Thompson will return to the field for the Dogs this season?
1: Question without notice for you. Yeah, I think he had some concussions. I spoke to his manager about a week ago. The headaches hadn't gone. They were still there. They were hoping to get him back. But the Bulldogs looked at the Alex 12 situation. Remember 12 got knocked out badly and they said, that's it. You're gone for the year. A little bit like, Kaelin Ponga, so I think you'll find Luke Thompson, given again the Dogs can't make the finals, I reckon he will be rested for the rest of this year as well
3: Mate Loz asked this question of Danny Widler earlier in the week, Penrith I know they're in the headlines for all different reasons over the weekend against the Raiders but can anyone beat them for the title? I don't and, think and you, so. like you, t- Nathan, you take Nathan Cleary out of that side, and winning. it's almost like they didn't miss a beat. I, I said the Loz off air, Ivan Cleary's missed a few games this, this season with his, with his
1: knee issues, uh, the, the coach. Well-oiled machine. They're well ahead, aren't they? I, I sat in that chair yesterday, Mossy, and I heard Midow and Laurie talking about the AFL. And I didn't say anything at the time, but you guys were going on about how many contenders there are. And I thought, gee, we've only really got one. Major contender. And then we've got a, maybe a cluster in tier two. Most of the rest. But when you guys were going through, there was Melbourne, there was Collingwood, uh there was Geelong, mm-hmm. uh, there was Sydney, uh Richmond have come good. And I'm thinking, wow, you've rattled off six, seven clubs here that can genuinely win the flag in Victoria. And here we are with really one standout and then, a, 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 as I said, a cluster in that second tier of teams. So, Look, it's a grand final, Mossy. Anything can happen. You'd think they'll be there. But all being fair... 50% of possession, 50% of luck, no injuries, a bit of momentum. You'd think they'd win it in a So, so
3: why, why is that with the NRL then? And It's a, it's it's not a, a loaded question at all, but why why is that? That there's only one
1: real contender at the moment? Well, the salary cap's supposed to have a level playing field. Yeah. You take Penrith out and the rest of them are fairly level. There's a lot of good clubs in there that are at that same level, Mossy. But I guess it's just how it happens sometimes, how it rolls. There's a... There's always a standout team, but generally the standout team in Miles isn't as far ahead mm. as what the Panthers are this year and last year.
2: And it comes down to one game. Ab- absolutely, yeah, it comes down to eighty minutes, and yeah. we've seen it in the past where you might be the best side during the year where you look like, yeah, you know, the Premiership is yours, but you can have an off day, mm. and if you have that off day on the big stage, unfortunately, you can lose a competition.
1: You, you think, Loz, and this is not a dick at Penrith; they they cracked in that grand final and. 21 against Melbourne. And then last year, Adam Reynolds kicks that goal from the sideline. 2020. Goes into, mm. 2020, rather. Mm. Goes into a mm. into golden point. But they were busted last year. Yeah, they were. Pendrits Pen- Pen- Pen-
2: were, were busted. It, it can happen. And, and they, they uh, proved to everyone how tough they were because they had plenty of players playing with injury and, um, you know, they won tight games of footy where we thought they'd blow teams away.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yeah,
2: they're, they're, they're a wonderful team. Thank you, Bulldog. Thanks for having me.
0: Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. And there's uh, Champions League qualifiers this morning. Stacks of them. Rangers uh, went into their second leg against a Belgian club, Royale Union. They were down 2-0 on aggregate. Went home to Ibrox and have won 3-0. So they're through to the next phase on aggregate. Champions League group stage, of course, not far away. And uh, we'll get Mossy's tips tomorrow. Even though he's joining us here today, we'll get his tips tomorrow for this weekend's Premier League fixtures as well. Um, Now, also, I saw a tweet from Cam Percy. So yesterday, Aussie golfer Cam Percy, on RSN in Melbourne, he was asked about Cam Smith and Mark Leishman and the Live Tour. And, of course, those players defected. And his quote was unfortunate. Yeah, they're gone. And uh, he's tweeted today, well, I was on radio yesterday in Australia, and I said it doesn't look good for Leash and Cam going to live. My source is talking amongst other players, not Cam and Leash. Now let me get back to my garden. It's a mess. So Cameron Percy obviously uh, copying a lot of queries about his comments on radio in Melbourne there yesterday, but uh, there seems to be a sense of inevitability about this loss. Yeah, but
2: you've got to be careful, obviously, with what you say as well, and Cam Percy, on this occasion, and again, you know, he'd have his ear to the ground. But the thing that I sort of would sort of say to, to Cam is, is to don't get involved. Because what happens if? Because he, he he did say yesterday, you know, players are doing it for the money, and they need to think about where the money's come from and and all that. He started to go down that route. What happens if they come together, mm. and the prize money is there from the Saudis? does he then pull out of that competition and, and take the moral high ground yeah you, you know you, you just want the players to do what they think is right for themselves and the other players yes they can have their own opinions and if you want to get involved and express them that's that's fine but you've got to remember if these two parties come together at some particular stage and you have been very strong in your stance about Playing for money and where the money has come from. Well, where does that leave you? Mm. Just leaves you, yourself open for
3: for criticism,
0: Moss, are You okay, mate? Do we need to get a defi in here? <laughs>
3: you were talking earlier, you know, about Loz and his penchant for mandarins. So I thought, you know what? I'll follow the big man in. So I, I dipped my dip my hand into the lucky dip, pulled a beautiful mandarin out mm. during the break, and just as so I was taking the last piece, you asked me a question and made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and Now I'm choking to death. Yeah. How nice are they at 7.30 <laughs> though Mossy
2: And I'll tell you what though We we have the same theory on the Amanda Rins You don't go for the ones that are too Hard Where the skin's, skin's too tight You've got to have a bit of softness, yeah, bit, bit of softness sure. there, and just, It's easy to peel mm, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I got in before Mossy And then I grabbed the best one And then Mossy, my, mine was beautiful too. Are you one of those
3: at Woolies? When when you know you got all the mandarins in front of you and you're going through and throwing oh, it back. Not since COVID. No. no. Really?
0: Yeah. yeah. What about the avocados? Oh, like t- you've got to, you've got it, to make yeah, sure what you're about not getting that. What about this? Everyone on.
2: does this, don't they? With the grapes. Oh, yeah. yeah you got you to taste a grape. <laughs> By the mate. time I get to the checkout, <laughs> the bag's empty. <laughs> yeah, so you're a grape taster? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, mate. I eat you the know? whole bag. Grape taster yeah, or not?
0: Yeah, everyone is. Is that
2: classified as stealing? Well, no, because what happens there? Can you get? I've never been
3: warned that I can't do it. But what's the? Well, you get. There's a there's a uh, what's the name code on it, isn't it? That you just scan, so it doesn't matter. No, but just when you on the bag. No, but you just pick the grape and you eat it. Oh, and walk away. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not. I'll grab my bag and I'll eat them as I'm doing the shopping. Right, but you won't. Taste it before you get it. No, I might have a fear. Is there an etiquette? Oh, can you get caught for etiquette. stealing for
2: doing that? What's the? What's I'm sure the if you have one.
3: No, I oh. know oh, you can't stand there for ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I think you can justify like because Los your shop would be like three hundred and seventy five dollars. So I think you can justify one grape. One, yeah. I always like testing, tasting yeah. the grape. That's all. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get in trouble. Well, I did have a big argument with my kids one day and Penny as we were going through Woolies mm-hmm. that it was shoplifting because they're throwing grapes in the air, catching them in their oh, mouths. And yeah, I'm like, kids can get away with it. You man. can't do that. As an CCTV. adult.
0: Anyone at the Northbridge Woolies yeah. from now on? <laughs> totally with the you grapes. know what I'll do now? Take when a I, photo. When I get to the grape <laughs> section, I'm going
2: to do the old look to my left, <laughs> look to my right, and then grab one or two <laughs> and throw it in my gob.
0: Uh, um, <sighs> Now, mm-hmm. sad news as well. In fact, oh, no, I want to ask you firstly with regards to the Live Tour, Mossy, do you think watching what's going on with this Live Golf Tour will perhaps embolden the plotters to return in regards to the European Super League in football? Because I think that's another competition that, well, you know, prospective competition that has a sense of inevitability of inevitability mm-hmm. about it. That those big clubs in Europe... Will bind together and create their own competition. Yeah, it's
3: a great point, you know, and it, it's crossed my mind too because it's not going away. And and even the, the big blow up uh, recently over it when you know the clubs had to, um, you know, retrace their steps and and take take a backward step on it. You know, that that had been coming for a long time. It was bubbling under the surface. Um, clubs like that, with the money that they've got, don't go away. When mm. they've got a, a seed that turns into a shrub, a shrub turns into a bush, and, and then you've got the forest. I can't see that going away. And things like this <clears throat> this golf uh, discussion at the moment, that's only going to strengthen their resolve, I think, mm. to, to get what they want.
0: Yeah. Sad news. Rudy kurtzen South African umpire who had the very slow left-hand finger raise, has sadly passed away in a car crash, age 73. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, it was him him and Billy Bowden had sort of the... They became almost cult figures, didn't they, in a way? They gave their dismissals.
2: It was a slow left hand, wasn't it?
0: And as soon as he started to move, you knew that... Yeah, you were just about in the pavilion by the time he got the finger all the way (laughs) up. Oh, that's
3: terrible. I wonder if the batsman ever... Good umpire. Hopes that he'd change his mind while the finger hadn't been raised yet. That's happened in the past, hasn't it? Yeah.
2: Where an umpire looks as though he's going to give someone out and then they've sort of scratched
3: their lip or their chin or their nose or whatever it may be. Well, I've got a theory in football. A good slow whistle from a referee is always better than a bad fast one. A slow whistle. Slow whistle. So get the whistle. To take the time to get the whistle to your mouth so you can actually think about the decision you're about to make rather than just shove it in there and blow it. Gives you just that few seconds to assess. And referees are actually taught that. Okay. How the many slow? enact it? Not many. <laughs> <laughs> the, the slow whistle. Well, we've got a short whistle in oh, rugby league. That's what we've
2: learned in the last <laughs> three weeks. Never heard of it before, but sure.: fuse as well. Now, Mossy, I want to take you to task. What do you got for me? All right. So you're doing grapes in the bag. All right. I'm doing eating. And we're talking about tasting the grapes. Yep. All right. So I'm tasting before I buy and put them in my bag. You're putting them in the bag and then tasting them. And you see that as being different. But as our loyal listeners have texted in, when you get to the counter, it is weight. There's not a fixed price. I don't believe it because they didn't put a name to it. So, so you're doing exactly <laughs> like me, yeah. And I'm paying probably more money than you, yes, because I've eaten the grapes and then filled my bag, whereas you fill the bag,
3: then start to eat your grapes. Then, so weigh the bag them. weighs less. I think, middle, you know, we got a break coming up or something. I think we better end this conversation. Well, so you're rorting Plus, it bigger trying, than me. He's trying to get me in trouble. Yeah? <laughs> uh,
0: only because he's nervous about his next <laughs> trip to the supermarket. Uh, we will have security following you know, We're around. <laughs> out. We'll both turn up to our supermarket
3: and there'll be a picture of us <laughs> yeah. most wanted.
0: Uh, Tim's on the line. G'day, Tim. Hey, boys. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. What have you got hey, for Murray, us? Hey, Laurie, you've got
3: plenty, so you can pay more. Good call. mossy <laughs> <No. laughs>
2: has got more than me. He's a soccer man.
3: Hey, Mossy, is Ten Hag as good as they say he is? Technically and and tactically, yes. We are a
0: basket case. Yeah,
3: technically and tactically, yes. His management skills and leadership at a big, big club are obviously getting tested more than ever before. Um, You know, you, you could see what he's done before and how his teams play. Um, and you can see parts of that. I could see parts of that in uh, during the Tour of Australia in, in the off-season. Um, but leading a club like that and dealing with the egos in the dressing room is, is totally different to coaching. That's leadership and management. So that's where the big question mark is because he's uh, relatively um, – uh, Small name in 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 world football terms. Um, this is going to put him on the map if he gets it right, obviously. But it could be a spectacular fool as well. Because we've been linked with so many players, like we paid fifty million for Martinez and City paid fifty million for Harland. I certainly know who I would run at. Yeah, that's right. And that, look, um, Trent, uh, great point. Um, because Midow and I were talking about this earlier. You know, what What do Manchester United stand for? What's their identity? What sort of players should they be attracting? Okay, you can talk about the Ronaldo signing last season and, and he scored goals and created them and, and we all know who he is. Um, but where are the next um, generation of superstars? Um, and, and why aren't Manchester United commanding them, uh, demanding them, but also commanding them? Why don't players want to go there? Um, obviously, they're, they're, they've they been down in the doldrums for a while now, but I, I just can't believe the lack of succession planning at a club like that for the post-Alex uh, Ferguson era. What, what about juniors, though, Mossy? What, their academy
2: systems? Do they not seem to be having the players coming through that they used
3: to? No, well, it's just... Um... Are they not investing in it? or? What's... Yeah, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of that, no. Loz, but, but you know, the big clubs generally have a really good um, youth system. Yeah. Um, But are they keeping them in there? And and is it an environment, when they step out of the youth system into the senior system, is it the right environment? Well, it hasn't been since Sir Alex Ferguson left. So maybe players are leaving just when they're about
0: to hit the peak of their powers. Yeah, so just repeating that big news in golf, according to the UK Telegraph, who were journalists there, Tom Morgan and James Corrigan, are reporting that Cameron Smith, the Aussie British Open champion, has signed a deal to go to the Live Tour, worth somewhere around 140 million Australian. A lot of money. Oof. Brad Davidson, morning to you. Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. And the three-year-olds will be making their return to Rose Hill and the Rosebud on Saturday.
4: Yeah, they will be. 1,100 metres. Obviously, we had the uh, the missile last week for the older horses, and uh, the three-year-olds get to have a look at their crack. Generally, the, the second-tier three-year-olds, I think it's fair to say the Rosebud is, is normally that sort of style of race, and then We'll get into the big ones heading towards the, the features in a few weeks' time. But, look, um, 24 nominations there for the weekend. Um, the likes of Charlatan uh, set to make their returns, to by Jewel, Miss Hellfire. Um, Opal Ridges there, who was, of course, luckless the other day, and, and a number of other resuming horses. Williamsburg, Lady Laguna, Best of Bordeaux. So it's shaping up to a pretty good race, probably a bit stronger than previous years if all those uh, horses do accept and take their place at Rose Hill on the weekend.
3: Morning, Davo. Uh, we spoke earlier to Adam Pengelly about this one, but just uh, keen to get your thoughts. Another tragedy in New Zealand with a, a jockey uh, passing away six days after a race fall.
4: Yeah, very sad news there. Yesterday, uh, Yesterday, guys, it filtered through on, on social media, Taiki uh, Yanagida. Unfortunately, has uh, passed away after um, that race fall last Wednesday in New Zealand. It was a very nasty fall and... He was uh, fighting hard in, in hospital, but unfortunately hasn't made it. So he's only 28 years old, um, obviously based in New Zealand there. And uh, very sad news. Uh, you know, another stark reminder of the uh, the dangers that our, our jockeys face every single day as they head out to the racetrack, not just the jockeys, but track work riders and, and everyone um, that's involved with the industry. So, um, yeah, very sad news. Our thoughts are, go out to... His family and, and friends, and, and the entire New Zealand racing community, and, and everyone uh, mourning his passing. Very sad news there yesterday.
2: Yeah, terrible news, uh, Davo. Um, they're racing today at the oh, on the Kenzo. Um, what's your best bet there?
4: Yeah, look, it's, uh, the weather's thrown up a spanner overnight. Just uh, not like Sydney weather to, to just uh, appear out of nowhere overnight. But that's uh, that's what we're dealing with. So now we're on a heavy deck there after 18 mm of rain. Look, I've gone with race four, number nine, Pretz. A dominant winner last time out of Doombin. I think can continue that form today and, and be hard enough to beat in race number four. I found it a very tough program, probably the toughest program I've, I've dealt with at the midweek for about a year. I did find it very open and it was hard to really single one out and, and stamp on there today. But we'll go with race four, number nine, Pretz and race three, number six, Miss Valveni, There at stand-down I thought was a bit of value around the four dollar eighty mark. A really good fresh mare who's jumped out nicely, two from two first up and. I thought it looked well enough suited from a mid-barrier there in race number three at Sandown today. So they're the two today. Um, hopefully we can have a bit of luck on the Kenzo and at Sandown.
0: Appreciate it, Davo. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So Davo's tips, race four, number nine, Pretz. $2.70 favourite with Tab. J-Mac inside gate for Chris Waller. And it's Sandown, he likes race three, number six, Miss Balvini. $4.80 with Tab. And I just note Adam Pengilly's tip from earlier, scratched.